Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. He is his Instagram handle, Dangerous Russ. Dangerous. I'd love to be a Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, for life. Ain't no going out. This house new biz, man. Like, he just be high when he be coaching us. Like, Matt <laughs> will dress better than Steve Harvey on his show, Family Feud. We're back for the second episode of All Things Covered with Patrick Peterson and Brian McFadden, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. The name says it all. If you like what you hear, download and subscribe and make sure you leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. And on this episode, we'll be chatting with NFL vet Juju Smith-Schuster. And also, we'll be talking about our first loss that we just took against the Lions this past weekend. On a brighter note, our Lakers made the NBA championship, baby. No question, NBA Finals is a great day to be a Lakers fan. But we're going to yep. chop it up a little bit, Pat. Man, I know, man, you know, you got a lot on your plate when you talk about playing football, when you talk about golfing, because you treat the game of golfing just like you do the game of football. It's very, very right. important to you. But during your downtime, man, what you watching on TV, man? Give us a little bit, a little, a little insight now? about what you watching on TV. What I'm watching now on TV? Yeah, what you watching now? Or oh, what about when man. you were a child, your favorite childhood show growing up? All right, what I'm watching now... I love the show on MTV, Ridiculousness. Okay. Love that show. And as a kid growing up, I love Tom and Jerry. Tom and Jerry. I was, yeah, I was a Tom and Jerry guy. The reason I love Tom and Jerry, I was the oldest and I was always by myself for the mm-hmm. most part or outside playing with the boys. But Tom and Jerry had no speaking. And every time they saw each other, it was on site. No question. No question. It, it, was, it, was, it was a very, very toxic relationship, to say the right, least, right? No it was very, very it. toxic. Well, Speaking of that being your childhood show, as a child, mm-hmm. uh, every child has a, 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 a crush, right? A childhood right. celebrity crush. Did you have one? I did have a crush, man. And honestly, man, she's still my crush today. Who was that? Man, man Lisa Ray. Oh, Lisa Ray diamond. Is my baby. Man, you talk about, it, you talk about, wait a minute. So let me ask you this question. At what <laughs> point did Lisa Ray become your childhood crush? Because I remember the movie Players Club was uh-huh. like her like, first like big, nine, yeah, first I big, uh, the year that came out. Say it again. I said, I said that was her, her first big scene, but I can't remember the year it came out. It like, I, it had to be I'm late just going to throw this right? out here, Pat. Whatever year it came out, I, I really believe he probably was a true youngster. So I'm trying to figure out how were you able, how were you able to see Lisa so, Ray, aka Diamond, perform in Players Club man, all right, at so your fun age. Story. Fun story, man. Your auntie, Margaret Peterson, right? Aunt Margaret, no question. So, so hey, so you know, you know, Aunt Margaret, man, she she loved her some little Pat. Uh-huh. So we go on to we go on to Walmart and uh, I forgot I think it was a tourist a, a tourist she had a Mercury. Oh, that four tourists like that. That, that, that yeah tourist? yeah that, that was, it was the four it was four so we had we had to Walmart and you know I got all the latest video games you know that's where we stayed for the most part you know and pop um, pop our barbecue on the weekends you know we got to find something to do on the weekends so it's either playing games or watching movies so anyway we get to Walmart 
And I see the movie. It was it was like five ninety nine. It was on sale. I was like, Grandma, you know what I mean? I want this movie. She was like, Man, that that girl look a little skanky on the uh, on the cover. <laughs> I was like, oh, don't don't worry about that. Somehow I convinced her to let uh to buy the movie for me. So anyway, got the movie, went home, saw my girl Lisa Ray, and what made me fall more in love with Lisa Ray is I met, and I didn't really meet her. I saw her when I was on my recruiting trip, uh, Rising Star uh camp at USC, at the mm-hmm. uh at the mall, and I was like, this lady is gorgeous. And to, and to to actually see her in person, I was like, what fifteen at the time. I was like. That's just a natural, beautiful woman right there. Listen, if Essie would have got you an opportunity maybe to get her number just just because I mean to take a picture, you probably would have been a Trojan. Hey, you never know. <laughs> you, you probably hey Lisa Ray. You never actually. know. And Lisa Ray, man, on Diamond Man Players Club? Man, man Lord have mercy. Yeah. Yeah, I just love her attitude, her her sass, and you know, her whole demeanor. Like she and just, she got nice swag too. She all yeah. she love all white. So Mac. Uh, talking about my favorite show growing up, what was your favorite show growing up? Like, oh, 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 what's on your TV right now? I know you probably definitely don't have much time to be watching no TV. You probably man, watch I, I, I watch Paw Patrol with the kids. No, no, I can't do that. I'm letting my kids handle. I ain't looking at no Paw Patrol. No, I'm tired of Mickey Mouse Playhouse. I don't want to get no more nothing Mickey related or Paw Patrol related. But right. for me, I'm old school, so I love Family Feud. I'm one of the best Family Feud uh, gamers in in the world. Really? I, I I guess I guess everything right on Family Feud. I love good Until times. Until you get in the moment. Huh? Until you get in the moment. Man, listen in. No, no, no. Put me in the moment. <laughs> I want I want to be in the moment. Steve can put me in the moment. I guarantee hey, I guarantee man. I, I hey, shine. You know, you know I was on Family Feud, right? Yes, I know. I mean, hey, listen, man. I felt some type of way too. Hey, man, the funniest thing ever, yo, when Steve and like you said, you when you home and you think about these questions, you you like, yeah, boom. Man, I was up there, Steve. It was the, one of the fast questions. Steve asked me, uh, where do a girl go to cry? And honestly, I thought it was a logic, you know, answer. Yeah. I said the restaurant. And people laughed at me. Yeah, that, that's not a good one, Pat. What you mean, though? Did you get, was it on the board? <laughs> you, know, you, you never saw. No, no, I wasn't on the board. But you never saw You never saw a woman at the bar. Or you, you, see, you see it all the time in movies. Talk they about crying at the yeah, sobbing. They're the not bar. crying at no bar. They crying in the yeah, bathroom or the bathroom. bedroom. They do it. They doing it in a private setting, Pat. Oh man, even Damn, I know I that much. It. I feel I feel bad now. Man, That's why they hey, but hey, but the hell, the hell with it. Like I told you, when you're in that moment, like, <laughs> and plus it was like boom, and you like you gotta say something right now. So I'm like bathroom, closet, and bathroom. All the good ones are already taken. So like closet was already gone. Uh, bathroom was already. I can't say under the bed. You could have said car. Inside the car? Car car was already going. So all the good answers was gone. I was like, so you damn. I had that. Hey, that was the, to me, that was the that was the best logic answer. Yeah, well, that wasn't log- logic enough because it wasn't what, the board. All right, so give me give me your top five. What what would you would have said? Top five. Shit, you got 30 seconds. Said, Go. One, I, two, bathroom, three, bedroom, four, closet, five, six, um, car, seven, eight, um, nine. Children room. 11. Now it's still a room. 13. Yeah, I'm, oh, yeah, 14, you're right. I think I didn't give you about four or 16, five, right? You gave me four. 17. Are you trying to put 18, me on the spot? 19. Why is you 20, still counting? That's what I'm trying to figure out. 22. I told you. When they, when they get on the moment, all them answers are already gone. It's like, damn, what? Like, bump. Now your mind's rattling because yeah. at the same time, all those questions are already going. Now I got five seconds to shoot out an answer. So that's why I you're tell right. you in the moment, 
Pat. You going for you gonna be like oh, I show up. Damn. If I ever get a chance when to be on Steve Harvey's uh Family Feud, man, I'm, a, I'm oh, man, we're gonna try to make that happen, man. I'm gonna show gonna up to make and I'm gonna outdress him also. Ooh, my suit gonna be better hey. than his. Whew. Uh, I don't know. That, that I said like it. Put the T-shirts. That, I said it. I stand by it. You I said it. it. No Matt question. will dress better than Steve Harvey on his show, Family Feud. You you what's gave your, your celebrity crush pack. Yeah, who's your I would like to give mine. Pack? Um, I got two. The yeah. first one is uh two Ashley. I got. I had two growing up. Ashley who? Ashley from uh, Fresh Prince of uh, Bel Air. Oh, okay, Tatiana okay, okay. Ali. Okay. Well, she has some nice caramel skin. That skin used to always be laid <laughs> down the right way, that caramel skin. And I love her edges. Anytime you hey, see man. Ashley, when she had that nice ponytail. And, that's, and that was all her hair, too. That was No question. Hair. Hey, them edges used to be hair. laid down real yeah. decent, real yeah. lubed up. They were lubed up and everything. No so about it. Ashley was my, uh, my, my, one of my crush. Shout out to Tatiana Ali. And who the was, second one, I'm ashamed to say, because I know y'all going to laugh ashamed. at me. I'm ashamed to say. Oh, man. Who is crush? The, the second one, guys, brace yourself. Peggy Bundy. Peggy Bundy. From Married Peggy. with Children. Ah, uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. And <laughs> Peggy used to do something to me because she used to wear them tights all the time yeah. in the videos. You know what I'm saying? So as a, as a child, because I think Married with Children came out in 87. So I started watching that probably in like 88, 89. And it had a nice little run. Into the, why are you laughing at me? It had a nice uh, little run. So, her tights was like... <laughs> them, listen, you, Pat, you know, if you see the right woman in the tights to you, it make, make them look a little better. So, oh, man. Listen, me as a child, when I used to see her walk through that house or come downstairs with them, That's everything them heels you on walking on the toes. See, them heels make you walk on your toes <laughs> right or wrong. Now, when the women, they walk on their toes. So when I used to see Peg Bundy, man, coming down them tights, man. Uh, and, and my mom, mom never really figured oh, out man. why I was, as a child, why was I watching Married with Children so much? Yes, sir. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Yes, sir. Now, now tell me right now. Hey, man. Child, and that ain't gonna do something to your heart. That wig gotta go. That used to get my blood boiling, man. My blood used to be boiling, <laughs> man. That's my second crush, hey, man. I know hey, y'all gonna man. jump on me. Hey, I don't that's care. A good one. Yeah, that's I was a, a child. You, hey, you standing strong by it. Hey, hey, that, no hey, question. You. Like I said, I embrace it. I stand by it. Peggy Bunny, shout that's out to Peg Bunny, wherever she is in, in, in the world. Shout out to Tatiana Ali and also Lisa Ray, wherever they yes, are sir. in the world, man. All things covered. Shout you out, real decent, shout real out. decent. Shout out. Yeah. Shout yeah. Out, so man. now let's get, let's kick it down to the gridiron, Pat. Uh, it's Cardinals yep. check-in time. Uh, we're in the first half of our show, All Things Covered. Week three recap, man. You guys suffered your first loss of the season, 26-23 to the Detroit Lions. I watched the game. I know a lot of our listeners and viewers watched the game also, but you participated in the game, Pat P. Tell us what went wrong. Man, it was, uh, you know, obviously not executing when we needed to uh, execute in certain moments. And, you know, you know when you're playing a game of football, you know, you, you you can't turn the ball over three times and the other team and the defense not create any turnovers at all. So it's difficult to win ball games in that in, in, in that sense. So, you know, just have to find a way to take care of the ball better and, and find a way to win uh, those those uh, situations. You know, yeah. because, you know, they had a big touchdown before halftime. And, you know, statistically, you know, any team that scores before halftime, they have an 83 or 82 percent chance of winning. So. That was a big moment for them. The last drive of the game, obviously the game being tied and those, those guys marching the ball down the field, getting a couple of bad calls, in my opinion, to help them out a little bit. As a team and as a, 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 a as a leader 
on his team, you know, you know, obviously, you know, we should have won that game. You know, we definitely felt that we should have won that game. A lot of opportunities slipped away in that ball game, but you learn from no mistakes. And we're happy that, you know, we're not happy that it happened early, but it happened early. And, you know, now we got to see what, you know, what type of team and, and, and what we really made of. And, and, you know, one thing, the great, one of my favorite coaches of all time, Bruce Arians, uh, BA, better known as, uh, used to always say good teams don't lose twice. And Mm -hmm. you always lean on your leadership and you lean on your captains to make sure that doesn't happen. So we're going on the road here to Carolina this weekend. Those guys just had a great win against the Chargers. So we know those guys are riding high behind Teddy Bridgewater in in that offense. So we got our hands full again this week. You know, it's East Coast trip for us. Typically West Coast teams don't do good on uh, on the East Coast. And you know, so we have to have to be able to to relish this moment and uh, and be able to rebound from our first loss that we did suffer against the uh, the Lions. And talking about the next ball ball game against Carolina, uh, a shocking win, I think, for a lot of football fans. Seeing Carolina go out to the West Coast and beat uh, the Los Angeles Chargers on the road. This is the first ball game of a three game road trip, like you mentioned. Uh, what's the mentality, you know, for your team? trying to understand who you are as a football club and also to trying to achieve, you know, the greatness that you set forth for yourself. Well, like you said, um, it's going to be a three game, uh, a tough three game road, road trip. You know, got to go on the East coast twice. Got to go to a very hot, you know, Dallas team who, who's been playing some, some close games, having some big comebacks, you know, but for us, you know, we just have to go out and execute the game plan. You know, the coaches do a great job of putting us in position to make sure that, we're successful. And as players, as you know, is you know, that's, you know, 20% of it, you know, now the 80% of it is left uh, uh, upon us to go out there and execute the game plan by being in proper leverage, you know, knowing when the offense come out and, you know, in a, in a wide out uh, near far formation, you know, what, yeah. what's some of their, you know, top tendencies. So, you know, taking some of that stuff that you learn from the classroom and um, implementing it to the field to help you, you know, make plays and hitting those pitches when the ball is uh, uh, when that play presents itself. So, but it's gonna it, it, it's gonna come down to the leadership again. You know, because you know, we have a very young team. You know, we have a very young team that that never you know that haven't played a lot of ball games. You know, that haven't been on a lot of road trips and a lot of uncertain. You know, not necessarily uncertain, but because traveling, you know, traveling can be stressful on the body. You know, so this is going to be, you know, show their maturity level on, you know, how to take care of their body through, throughout this uh, uh, traveling. We're not only just traveling like to San Francisco or, you know, to L.A. We're going, you know, to New York, Cali and Dallas. You know, those are a lot of miles, you know, so it's going to come down to the leadership and uh, and guys making sure that they handle the handling that their business to make sure their body is uh, ready to go for this uh, three game road trip that we uh, got ahead of us. Yeah. And talking about this upcoming ball game this Sunday against Carolina, you know, they got some wide receivers that could, you know, really do some big things for their offense. And they're definitely leaning on them to be able to create big plays for the offense. And DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, Broward County native Robbie Anderson from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Uh, talk about some of the challenges that these two guys could uh, provide for your secondary. I mean, speed, you know, those guys got some um, some wheels. They can take the top off the defense. Teddy, uh, you can tell that he's getting more and more comfortable with the offense. Me having an opportunity to look at those guys um, this morning, you know, um, not having Christian in the offense in the lineup, you can tell that the ball is more in Teddy's uh, court now. Uh, 
obviously, you know, the, the offense is going to go through him and, and through those receivers. Those guys were making big plays throughout the uh, throughout this three-game season going on f- the fourth week coming up Sunday. So, again, you know, as you know, you played in this league, you know, every week presents different challenges, you know, and, and this week, like last week, we had bigger body receivers, you know, that yep. that was more possessional receivers, you know, Matt, Matt, Matthew Stafford had more of a ball placement. He could put the ball with it with those bigger body receivers. And now this week we got more shiftier, fast down the down the field uh, receivers. So every week we always have our hands full, and this week just presents a different uh, challenge that I believe that we will definitely be prepared for um, come Sunday morning. Yeah, talking about challenges, uh, you know the NFL had their first big challenge, right? Uh, yeah. Falcons rookie cornerback. Uh, AJ Terrell, he tests positive uh, for COVID nineteen. With him becoming being the first player uh, to test positive and be placed on the reserve COVID list, you know, mentally, what are you guys doing? Especially when it comes to the younger players, right? Because I played in the league years ago. You're still playing. We both at one point in time were young players in the National Football League, and that's an achievement in itself. But taking care of your business on the football field and you still want to enjoy yourself. Right. So right. what's the mindset with the vets on your ball club? You know, what are you saying to the younger guys? Because this is a different year for everybody. You can't right. go out, have a good game, want to go to the club and party and be around mm-hmm. anybody at any given time, because you have to understand that you don't want to do something that could hamper the entire team chances of being healthy and being able to play football. So what are, what's the mindset or what are you guys emphasizing to not just the young players, but the entire team about trying to be careful in what you do and who you do it with? Right. Um, this is a very important time of the year, you know, for all of us. Like you said, you know, when after victories, you know, guys want to go out, link up, have a good time and, you know, whatever the case may be. But at the same time, you have to be able to adapt and in 2020 that's something that you can't do you know and if you want the season to to resume and be able to uh compete for a championship and be responsible yep all you all you do is just you know let guys know ain't no ain't, ain't no ain't no going out <laughs> you know what i mean because you're not only putting yourself in harm's way you putting 53 other men men families in harm's way so it's not it's not about you it's it's bigger than it's bigger than you you know you have to think about the bigger picture. And I believe the the NFL players across the league have adapted to that. You know, guys have figured out their new daily routine. And, you know, I've seen it, you know, every single day in the locker room, you know, guys literally come coming into work, get their work done and going home to their families, to their kids, getting, getting dinner, not going to see any restaurants, just being smart, you know, and that's just being responsible. It's Cause you, when you, when you see the significant uh, danger that this, uh, virus can present you know you don't want to you know you don't want to have that you know you don't you don't want to be responsible of bringing that or being the, the person who made yeah. this whole thing stop or you know bringing it spreading this thing into other families homes yeah and also too i want to make sure we you know be clear about this situation we don't know exactly how aj terrell uh got right, the virus right. you know yeah. we're not saying that he did something wrong to uh, get the virus we we're just talking from the entire you know, process, you know, when it happens, you know, what could actually be the domino effect going forward with the entire ball club. Take us through, you know, the coronavirus protocol for you, because I'm hearing you guys have been tested weekly. I mean, multiple times throughout the week leading into the weekly. ball game, right? So take us Every through day. that week. Like <laughs> what days are you tested and and how is that process for you? I'm a man, Deontay Wilder say, 
every day. Y'all get, get tested, tested every day? day? Every day, except for Sunday. Except for game day. So the final test is during walkthrough Saturday? Saturday, yep. Gonna be tested by, I think, like 8.30. Wow. So, yeah, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Wow. And, you know. That, hey man, I, I guess mean, I mean I like it. I mean yeah. honestly, I rather I rather be safe than sorry. You know what I mean? So, like I said, you have to adapt. If that's something that we have to do to to protect us, the shield, our families, the hell with it. Let's do it. We're still in the run around the league section of our show here. All things covered with Pat Peterson, Brian McFadden. Man, there's another guy, man, out west. Pat, man, you know him extremely well. I call uh -huh. him Curly Hair Russell. Wilson. Man. They didn't say he been cooking all year. No question. That boy been cooking, right? I think Dangerous Russell, Russ. Yeah, I got him on one of my fantasy team. Granted, you don't know too much about fantasy. And, you know, yeah, don't worry about that. <laughs> Something I found out about when I retired as well. I got him on one of my fantasy team, man. Listen, that boy had me jumping for joy. Week in and week yeah. out. He had five touchdown passes this past Sunday against uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Yep. He currently has 14 touchdown passes this season that's the most in nfl history through the first weeks first weeks of the season uh, he's the fifth player ever with five touchdown passes in consecutive games and you've played against curly hair russell wilson a lot in your career man what makes him so special outside of what we see every sunday right uh and on top of that you you with you uh spitting out those stats I saw that he's on pace. If he continue to play the way that he's playing, he's on pace to throw 72 touchdowns. What? You said what? Repeat that? <laughs> they said if he continue to play the way that he's playing for what? We got it's about to be week four. So we got 13 more weeks. He will be he's on pace to to throw 72 <laughs> touchdowns, bro. 72. You know how crazy it is? That's I don't even think that's achievable. <laughs> it can't be achievable. <laughs> That's it better not be. I know, right? But anywho, dangerous rush, you don't count him out. Hell, it's possible. Because Listen, that, I mean, dangerous rush, yeah. I mean, he 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 is his Instagram handle. Dangerous he Russ. dangerous. I mean, I call him curly hair because he <laughs> when he had that curl, them curls lubed up, man, and ready to go, oh, man. He, he means you know business, man. When he had, you no know, he got that mixed hair. You feel me? Yeah, he got <laughs> Hey, no I put water it, in my man. hair. Ain't too much gonna happen. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you put man. water in his hair. Oh man, no, that thing look. That thing get all wet. Like how how Prime say it look wet, but it's dry. No question. <laughs> no question. No question. He also but, got uh, a nice about, podcast out too. Dangerous yeah. man. Uh, is he a trash talker, Pat? Because usually when no. he when he when you see it, when I'm watching from afar on TV, mm -hmm. you know he's throing touchdown. He just go to the sideline, get into his iPad. Is he a trash talker? Nah, is he nah, ever said nah, anything slick nah, to you? No, nah, no, nah, he ain't a trash talker, but he is a competitor. Like you know, obviously you see him on TV, and, and you you know you see that he's very mild mannered. Don't say anything, but like when it's time when the fourth quarter rolls around and it, and it's time for his team to make a play and they make that big play or you know he's you know the 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 one you know delivering that deep ball in the perfect position you you can see that competitive edge uh come out and you know Russ is just a winner man he all yeah. he he's never out of a game and he always finds the way finds a way to make the perfect play and it's it's tough playing against him every you know twice a year because you can go into a game plan thinking they're going to do that, but mm -hmm. they're never on schedule. They're never on beat. That's where they make a ton of their hay yeah. with Russ improvising, you know, guys breaking off routes, you know, turning a 
a, a four and a, a three and a half second route to seven seconds. You know, as a DB, that's that's torture because now we all discombobulated and, and and now we running around like a chicken with our hair cut off. It's it's funny, man. With all the success he's had, uh, he's never received the MVP vote. But if he stays healthy, uh, clearly Listen. that will change. It better change. Uh, this season for Danger Russell, curly yeah, that's, hair. That's, that's still kind of um, that's that's still weird to me that he didn't get not one vote. No question, no question. Yeah. Well, that's it for around the league here on all things covered, man. Pat, what you got up next, man? Matt, this weekend, what a tough Saturday for the both of us, man. How sad wow. were you this weekend? Man, I was, man. I man, listen, man. My blood pressure rose up on me, man. My blood pressure went high, went, went high as a kite, man. I, <laughs> Your blood I, pressure I, went high. Listen, I, I be too, sometimes I get too invested in the ball game, right? You know, because I'm just like you. You love your university. No doubt about you it. You want to see them do well all the time. Right. And it's one thing to lose. But for us, you know, we got blown out. I mean, as the kids say, when they playing mad, yeah. you got 21. Yeah, they got they put, put pizza the on, y'all. It's a new thing. When, you, when somebody scores 50, they call that pizza. Pizza? Yeah, that's what delivering pizza. Yeah, when, it, oh, when somebody did. scored 50, they delivered. It was 52 to 10. They did score 50 on us, huh? Yeah, 52 to 10. Yeah. Hey, and, man, and, don't and, feel bad because, hell, I thought we was DBU. We <laughs> gave us 600. Man, that, hey, listen, Pat. <laughs> I was getting ready for, you know, my hits on CBS Sports HQ. We were covering the 600? SEC game of the week. And I said during the pregame show, this was Damn. the wrong matchup for LSU. The reason why I said that is because Especially open the you had season. 14 players. You had 14 players you had to replace, right? That went on to the NFL. A few, the majority of those guys were underclassmen. Then you lose Derek Stingley oh, the night of the ball game, Friday night before the ball game. So you're playing against an un, the unknown with Mike Leach and his air raid offense with an experienced quarterback because KJ Costello. Played pretty oh, good football, nice. especially in 2018 yeah. at Stanford. Yeah, you just didn't yeah, really see a lot nice. of him. Right. And your best defensive player, who prepared like he was going to play all week, get sick, had to go to the hospital. So now you got to insert somebody else who didn't get any reps with the ones. And then your your new quarterback, Miles Brennan, man, offensive line ain't do him no help. They they, they didn't help no. him at all. They ain't do him no favors because they didn't pass pro well for him. They couldn't run the ball. That just was a bad matchup, man, and 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 hopefully y'all boys can get it right because you know expectations are sky high with Coach yeah. O. Yeah, yeah, it definitely can be. So, but you know, enough about my enough about my Tiger. We're gonna we, we hopefully we rebound this this uh, yeah. this weekend. But uh, switching gears, enough about our college uh, football team and enough about football. Let's talk about our Lakers, man. They're heading to the NBA Finals. We are gonna call it the Bubble Finals. No question. Um, do you think? The bubble championship, whoever wins, obviously we, we're pulling for the Lakers. Do you think this 2020 championship will hold will mean more or less? I think it means the same. A championship is yeah. a championship. No right? doubt about it. I agree. And, and for people who feel or say uh, it does not mean the same, you're only saying that because you're not playing in it. That's how I right. feel. As a fan, you're only and, saying and that. And you don't you know what goes way. into it. Exactly. You still have the same prep. Actually, is is the prep is more is more intensified because of the the circumstances. I think mm-hmm. it's almost like if you say this football wise, right? Granted, right. you're not in a bubble in the NFL, but you don't have the luxury of having fans in your stadium to support right. and cheer for you. And we know fans are very very important, especially for the home team. But if you win a championship this year in the NFL, it means the same. 
You can't right. you can't discredit the team who won because of the current uh, situation that we're all are going through. It's hard, but it's fair. The hard part is you're basically in a different position than you ever been. You had to remove yourself from your home, right. and you know you're in a hotel. You're living in a bubble. The fair part is every team that had an opportunity to get to the bubble, they had to deal with the same atmosphere the same situation so that's the fair part and as long as you have fair fairness that everybody is going through it's only right to treat it as the same it's it's a bunch of laker haters that saying that though pat you know what time is i think i think that the the mentally strongest team are in the finals i think Mm -hmm. miami is a mentally strong team and i think the lakers having lebron james and uh anthony davis and the boys they are mentally strong and they didn't let that become a, a distraction. You know, those guys continue to, you know, play at a high level and obviously knowing, you know, not having that regular routine, seeing your family, seeing your kids, going and having those on your day off, you know, taking your child to the to the park, not having those moments and knowing that can be difficult, but they didn't let that get in the way. So but I think the the two best teams, um, are definitely in the uh, the championship finals. No question. And with us, you know, Pat, me and you, we're, we're South Florida guys. Uh, I don't like the Heat. Um, clearly, I don't like them now. We're mm-hmm. playing against Jimmy Butler and the Heat. I mean, Jimmy Butler has been outstanding. It's, it's almost like, you know, he has revenge on his mind based on how things ended for him in Philly. And currently, right now, you 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 have made the hashtag revenge season, S Z N famous. You know, you've been you've been you've been tagging that all summer long, man. What's the reason behind you know hashtag revenge season? Uh, I just felt like um, not really having anything to prove. You know, just having an opportunity to to really put forth you know what I've everything I put forth in the in the offseason, you mm-hmm. know, missing those six games last year, coming back, having a slow start and kind of getting back into the groove and uh, about the last four or five games of the season. And uh, I just felt like this this offseason, just going into the offseason with no uncertainties, uh, clear mind, focus, you know, I just felt like this is one of the best offseasons I had at, uh, you know, training physically, mentally, I just felt like I was in a good space, and um, I just feel like um, this could be a big year still for me. I'm just that optimistic. I can I can see a lot of great things happening for me uh, in, in the future. So, and I just feel like this season was it, it, it was much needed for you know a bounce back year. You know, not playing the way to to you know that I felt to my uh, capabilities. You know, coming in trying to learn a new defense, get back in the, in the thick of things, trying to get legs back up under you. But, you know, like I said, this this offseason, not having any of that, no distractions, got my body in the best shape possible. I always feel like my uh, conditioning, conditioning is uh, is one of the best. So that was never um, a question. But I'm just ready to put like like you said, Mike, so I'm going to say put hot, put hot film out hot there, take. man. So that's that's my uh, that's my goal. And, and it's a big year for me. You know, like I said, no uh, this is my last hot year take. in my contract. So. That's where, that, that's where uh, revenge season comes from. Well, Mac, last week we talked about, you know, my memory lane. Yeah. So this week we want to revisit your memory lane. Tell us about that trip that you guys took down there at Super Bowl uh, 43. And I hear that Mike Tomlin play, plays a big role in this story. Talk to me about uh, a little bit about it. Well, Mike T plays a big role in that story because he was the head coach. And uh, you're talking about Super Bowl <laughs> 43 in Tampa when we played it against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, uh-huh. You were in college at the time. Yeah. Um, 
so Pat, you know, being around me, I have been able to, uh, you know, show you a lot of different things, you know, what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. and, and, yep. and, and in high school, uh, Pat used to be with me in the clubs. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I should have <laughs> 16 years old. Oh, hey, but man. we grow down. So, you know, <laughs> shout out to all the clubs that allow Pat to be yeah. in there with me. Uh, uh-huh. Down on South Beach, but also too growing up, I put you in a game called Boo-Ray. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. And uh Boo-Ray is something that I consider to be the best card game ever. 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 You know, some people say Tunk, Spades, nah. ID Claire, War, Uno. Boo-Ray is Boo-ray. it. Is it? That's the game. Hands so up. for us, every road trip, every home game, during a week of practice, the preparation, we always played Boo-Ray. Boo-Ray was a part mm-hmm. of who we were. As Steeler right. players, and that particular ball, uh, that particular weekend, Friday we che- we switched hotels, Pat. So you know, the week of we stayed at a particular hotel, and then Saturday we went to a whole another hotel with just the team. You know, we got away from the family and the media and the friends and moved into our own hotel. So we had our routine uh, Saturday night meeting. Mike T gives a speech. We watch tape, and then we ventured off. Right. Mm-hmm. So you know, when you play the, like, the Super Bowl, it's not until six thirty Eastern uh, on Sunday. So usually what we did was every week we would every night we would go in, in James Ferrier uh, room because usually he have a suite. So we all lock up and load in his room and just fraternize, bro. We just we just we just chatting it up, talking trash. Mm-hmm. But, but the cars, we got cars going. We got Boo Ray. So the thing right. about Boo Ray, Pat, you know this, you only can play the max is six people. So right. you that's the max you can have. And it's a five game card. And the mm-hmm. dealer is the guy who's dealing out five cards and whatever card mm-hmm. the dealer flips over, that's the particular that's the wow. That's the trump card, right? Yep. It can be spades, hard diamonds, clubs, anything. So at that time, man, we started a game pad around, I'll say about 1110, 1105, something Sounds like that. Sounds about right. <laughs> and listen, Pat, bro, I didn't get into my room until 830. Mm, Pat, sounds about right. Listen, <laughs> when I tell you that game was intense, and I tell people this all the time, that game actually, and if you remember the Arizona Cardinals Super Bowl game with Pittsburgh, it had some intense moment, intense mm-hmm. moments in that ball game. James Ferrier touchdown, Larry Fitzgerald yep. uh, touchdown when he streaked up uh, in the middle of the hash, in the middle of the football field. Santonio Holmes touchdown reception. But if you ask anybody who was in that room during that Blu-ray <laughs> game, that Blu-ray game would, might have been more intense than the actual Super Bowl. Pat, yeah. man, listen, man, it was what, so much what was lost, on, man. man. What was lost, man? What was the and, biggest and, spot and, going? And, you know, we on the podcast, we on YouTube, so I got to make sure I keep it, you know, appropriate. But let me tell you this much. It was a lot going on in that room. Guys mm-hmm. were sweating. Guys had their shirt off. Guys were nervous. <laughs> but listen, man, it was a lot going on at that table, man. I remember James Ferrier said, listen, whatever y'all boys do, please don't say nothing to nobody. Don't don't let this get out to nobody. And Pat, man, I remember when I got in my room, man. You know I don't cuss, but man, I cuss myself out mentally so much. I was so tired, man. And and the crazy part about it, when we got in the, when we got to the whole, uh to the stadium the next day, you could tell everybody who was in the room because everybody eyes were bloodshot red. Oh man, man, we ain't getting no rest. It's the night see, before the Super Bowl. The night before the Super Bowl, bro, Y'all we stayed crazy. up until eight thirty a.m. Breakfast started at nine. Jeez. And you know you need to get that nourishment. You want to get some nourishment in order to be to get your day going. So I need to get that nourishment, man. I ain't, man. Listen, man. I was so mad at myself, man. And 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 now we can talk about that story, Pat, because we oh, won the ball game. Man. That's but awesome, boy, man. If we would have lost, <laughs> boy, look here, man. You remember how they gave us? Uh, so did Mike T find out? I don't. 
I don't I think he eventually found out because, you know, some people started telling the story left and right. So I think he might have find, found out okay. eventually. But during that ball game, man, because, you know, remember, if you look back defensively, we, we didn't play our best game, but we played against the outstanding offense. I mean, you had mm-hmm. you had it was hot too. Yeah, big, think about yeah, how many Anquan. Hall of Famers was on that uh, team. Steve Warner's already in the hall. Edger and James, James just got in. Fitzy. Fitz going to get in. Yeah. Anquan going to get in. Yeah. So that offense Arnell was lit. Dockett, Calais, Campbell, yeah, yeah. They, they they had some they had, they had some, some heavy hitters. So we didn't play our best effort, but it might have had had to do something with Bouray. And and listen, yeah. man, it, it, but listen, I'm a t- that Bouray game was so intense when we left and went back to Pittsburgh. People still was trying to solidify certain things based on who did what and who didn't do what. If you really? get what I'm saying. So <laughs> that memory right there is something I never forget because I've been involved in a lot of Blu-ray games, and I know you've been involved in a lot of Blu-ray games also. Mm-hmm. But what we used to do in Pittsburgh, man, listen here, man, we well, we we would get it cracking, man. Yeah, we would get it cracking, man. So I we're getting close nice. to the halftime part of our show. All things covered, but like we do every week, twenty-one questions, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, twenty-one questions is our segment where we get to interact with all things covered listeners and like i said last week man we wanted to make sure you guys have an opportunity to provide questions uh for the show uh specifically for myself or for pat p and once again we got another outstanding question but make sure you leave five-star reviews on apple Podcasts. you know whenever you ask a question attach a five-star rating on apple and we'll answer it during 21 questions and real quick pat before i read this question off to you man fans listeners viewers man we appreciate your support we're almost at 100 five-star reviews, which is great for us only having one episode launched. Uh, this is our second episode currently, so we appreciate the support. We, are, we appreciate, appreciate the subscriptions and following us uh, on, on, on all podcast platforms and also YouTube. So we're almost at 100. Continue to do what you've been doing so we can get past 100 on our next episode. But this pe- question comes from Nick Wright, 34, right? Mm-hmm. Pat? What are your favorite golf courses? Uh, well, I guess what are my favorite golf courses? That's a very, you know, vague question because, you know, it's different styles of golf courses. Or, like, you know, he could have said the favorite golf courses I've played. But I give him I give him two answers. Um, yep. My favorite golf course I've ever played, it's kind of a toss-up. Can't uh, I can't announce one of them I played at. But the other one... It's Kings Barnes in uh, Scotland. In Scotland, um, I thought, yeah, that place was just unreal because every it was, it was a link style course, and every hole. And if anybody out there that understands uh, golf, link style is pretty much every hole is connected to one another. So after you hit from the tee shot to the green, you basically walk walking no longer than you know fifteen to twenty feet to the next tee box. And with that being said, every hole, every hole, every tee box and hole that you was playing, it was almost like you you was within your own dome, but you can still see the ocean, the intercoastal. Like it was just crazy, crazy dope. And we was we were, we were the only people on the course, <laughs> so wow. it was a, it was a great experience. I felt like the damn president, because um, <laughs> like I said, it was it was a uh, it was a four ball. And um, we were we were the uh, only players on the course, and that was uh, I had a great time. But 
going now to the second part of the question, my favorite style, of course, um, I like to play is uh, Link Style. Um, I love Link Style courses because it challenges you to keep the ball, you know, straight. You like you can't hit the ball all over the place. You have to keep the ball, you know, in the fairway in order to score. And um, I think that's very, very challenging. And um, and sometimes I love to walk. And those link style courses are much easier to walk than, uh, say, like a traditional golf course or a tree line golf course or a desert golf course. Um, so uh, link style is my favorite uh, golf courses uh, to play. Well, there you have it, man. Nick Wright, 34. I appreciate you for your question. Like I said, man, listeners, uh, viewers, you know, send us your questions, but make sure you attach a five-star rating to your question and we make sure we get a chance to uh, read it out, man. So we actually at halftime, man. So it's time to go to a break. It's halftime for us. We're going to take a quick, quick break, but on the other side, we'll be joined by Steelers wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, stay tuned. What's up? We back from break. And like we promised you earlier in the show, we have a special guest joining us here. Episode two all things covered before i introduce this outstanding individual let me give you guys a rundown and maybe you know you can guess who it is four-year nfl vet for the best organization in the nfl so if you know who the best organization in the nfl is you know who i'm talking about pittsburgh steelers 2018 pro bowler first team all pack 12 in 2015 at juju on instagram at Team Juju on Twitter. Guys, I already gave part of his name. Juju Smith-Schuster is joining us here. Episode two, man. Juju, appreciate you joining us here on All Things Covered. Nah, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate, you know, you having me here and being on this. Uh, no doubt, no yes, doubt. Sir. So let's get right to the nitty-gritty. I mean, the Steelers are 3-0. and uh, Big-time win um, this past Sunday, uh, taking care of your business against the Houston Texans. Uh, starting off 3-0, and you know, you got – Three touchdowns in three ball games, right? So talk about the flow of the offense and how happy are you to have number seven back at the quarterback position? Man, first things first, man. You know, just to have seven back has been a tremendous, you know, for all of us, you know, not just for the offense side, but, you know, for the defense. You know, for us to be able to go down, put points on the board um, off of a defense to turn over is huge. Uh, but as far as the offensive side, man, we have so many weapons. Our, we have young receiver groups who are just, you know, ready to just run. Uh, our, we have – uh, we picked up uh, Eric Ebron, who's a guy who played inside, outside, um, you know, at a wide split. Uh, Vance McDonald, who's a strong man. And, you know, different running backs, uh, you know, speed, power backs going down. Uh, like you said, man, I think our offense is very, you know, I think we get all the points. All we have to do is go out there, execute, and get the job done. Uh, Juju, man, with me being a huge, huge football, uh, fo a football fan, and especially in youth football, because obviously um, that's where all the stars are, you know, pretty much born. And with you being coached by uh, Snoop Dogg, did, at the time, did you recognize how unique your youth football experience was? Oh, no, nah, for sure, man. It was so funny. You know, I played, uh, you know, like Little League cut in Ogjock, you know, and I would right. say uh, this is a league where, you know, you have to come in, you have to weigh in at a certain weight, you have to, you know, have the right gear. And, you know, playing for Snoop, you know, Snoop created a league, you know, where guys who were just over, you know, oversized who couldn't make weight. Uh, mm -hmm. It was, you know, it was basically like a free weight, you know, team. So we had right. guys who were a lot bigger, you know, obviously the same age and stuff, but uh, playing with a guy for Snoop, man, you usually see like, you know, someone who just loves football, great coach, um, all, mm -hmm. around, all around guy, you know, not just on the field, but off the field. And, you know, we were stacked with dudes. So I was always in a, a competitive 
uh, group, you know, since I was a kid. So, and I think that just carried on, you know, carried on into high school, carried on to college, and you know, obviously now in NFL. Juju, after your youth football experience, you went on uh, to to participate and play ball at Long Beach Poly. And even if you're not a California resident, you know you've heard about <laughs> Long Beach Poly when it comes to yeah. the football Studs. football realm, right? And when you playing at Long Beach Poly, based on the tradition and the prestige that school has, are you expected to re- achieve greatness? Because I look at some of the list of names, NFL names. You got Jarrell Casey, Deshaun Jackson, Mercedes Lewis, uh, the great Willie McGinnis, baseball, Tony Gwynn, Chase Utley, Cameron Diaz, the late great Nate Dogg, Snoop Dogg all went there, man. How talk about the expectations at Long Beach Poly when you walk through those hallways. Yeah, man, I think I think, you know, when you talk about uh, California school and, you know, uh, and that's everywhere I go around the league. Every coach that I've been that I've interacted with, yeah, I went to Long Beach Poly. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, you went to Long Beach Poly, and they name all those guys. And I think it was more so that you know, going in as a young guy is just a statement of that. You know, everyone who comes to here, you know, it's, it's there's a standard. It's a standard to be great, um, to push yourself, uh, to be the best of the best. And, and like I said, you know, when I decided to go there and you know play ball there, that kind of showed. Dope, dope. And so now making the switch from high school to college. I'm just finding this out. You was initially committed to Oregon and uh, at the last minute ended up switching over to USC. Why the switch? Uh, so at the time, USC, uh, the, the coach that was there, Lane Kiffin, um, he, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't my best recruiter. So I decided, man, I'm going to Oregon, you know, the swag, the gear, the drip, right. like they win games, the crowd. It was awesome. Not too far from home. Right. Mm. So then I switched last minute because, uh, you know, Sarkeesian, the whole Washington staff, you know, came to uh, USC and I love, I, you know, I love what they're doing. I love how they're handling stuff. And I was like, man, I'm going to go to USC, uh, mm-hmm. closer to home, closer to family, go to my own church and, you know, just be a bigger impact for my community. Well, that's, that sounds like a good, a good switch and it end up paying out for you. Yeah, man, paid out. It was so crazy, bro. I was, I think I was a higher rank uh, safety in high school than I was a receiver. A safety? You played safety? Oh. Yeah, I was like, it was so number one, I was number two. Number one was uh, was Jamal Adams. He was number one, and I huh? was number two coming out. And I was like, man, I got to USC, and I was like, man, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play both ways, like a Dory Jackson. But mm-hmm. little 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 story about that that we did. They were stacked on defense, so like they had right. like Sue Craven, so many guys back there who was already good. So I was like, I'm gonna just play wide receiver, see how it turns out. You yeah. know, playing behind Nelson Aguilar, um, playing behind Marcus Lee, Robert Woods. So I got the feel for it. You know, I learned pretty much got it done and. Here I am, four years later, wide uh, receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, how, like, and you know, obviously, USC, the history speaks for itself, right? And you hear so many great things and great stories. What is, uh, I guess, uh, uh, most memorable and what stood out to you the most to make you make that switch? On, if it was the recruiting process, uh, the recruiting process, uh, your visit, a, a, a Pacific coach, like, um, yeah. So for me, man, honestly. That? It was more so for uh, it was more so a coach. It was like really, you know, the, I think the interaction between, you, you know, you I know I know how you feel like with Pop Warner kids, like you know, you can speak to certain kids a certain way because they interact with you because they, you know, you've been right. in their shoes before. So you know, T. Martin was my recruiting coach. He played quarterback behind uh, Peyton Manning at, at uh, you know the Tennessee uh, and the Vols. So like him knowing he played football, he's been to NFL. He knew all that kind of put me in my shoes and you know he was just a great person to me you know not just not just about football stuff but just about life 
and he always stood by my side. And to this day, you know, we still talk. So um, he, he was a big switch for me. But other than that, man, uh, I think it paid out well. Um, one thing I learned a lot from USC that paid so much well is that the playbook is very similar to NFL playbook. So mm-hmm. it, it's not, you know, it's, it's concepts. You know, you're not just learning, hey, man, just go out there, run slant, run a post, run a go. Nah, we we learning like yeah, big, pro players, big players, pro players. You know what I'm saying? So right. it's really Yo, I, I did not know you were a higher rated DB than wide receiver. <laughs> yeah, coming out of high school. Because you know who you know who else played uh, DB in high school? If I'm not mistaken, Keenan Allen. Yeah, oh, really? I, yeah. Yeah, Keenan uh-huh. Allen was a, a, a highly rated uh, DB as well coming out. Keenan well. Allen's from North Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, that's Coast, crazy. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that with his size, man. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And uh, speaking of USC, you talked about the experience there. You, you know, you were college teammates with Sam Darnold, um, and we know uh, where he ended up going professionally with the Jets. When you look at Sam Darnold, his professional career, what do you think is holding him back from being able to reach his full potential based on the expectations they have for him in New York with the Jets? Man, that's, that's a tough one, you know. Uh, I've had Sam Darnold uh, in college, you know, and he was a great player. Um, led us to a Rose Bowl uh, and end up winning it in the shootout against Saquon and them. So um, there's no doubt that he has the it factor in him. Um, and that's just something that he just has to, you know, and the NFL is a lot different now, uh, schemes and all that other stuff. So I think it just takes time. You know, I think his time's coming soon. So um, right now, I think it, I think it's tough uh, because, of, you know, the situation that he's in. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, like they're drafting the right guys that they need, you know, to, to make those plays. So, um that's my guy, man. If I have Sam Darnold, if we can give him the Pittsburgh, man, I would, man. But, you know, I love Ben, so it is what it is. <laughs> so so, so is, is that like an invite for Sam uh, Darnold to come to Allegheny County when Big Ben <laughs> decides to hang his cleats up? Is that is that what you're trying to tell us a little bit here? Man, I'm just saying, man. I mean, he's a great kid, man. I play with him, so, I, you know, he's like one of my boys, so I wouldn't mind playing with him again. And, man, speaking of Big Ben, how great it is to have Big Ben back healthy you know, standing strong in the pocket, delivering the ball um, where 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 it needs to be. How exciting are you receivers and uh, this offense of uh, heading into the? I mean, looking forward into the season. Uh, super exciting, man. I mean, you can just tell the difference between last year and this year of you know how our season went. Um, mm-hmm. I think um, you know we, there was a couple places we were last in like the red zone and stuff like that, and you know we struggled very very much. So, you know, having Ben back, you know, he's a lot, he's a person who's just more hungry, you know, with him, man, he's done it all. He's been Super Bowls, he's been MVPs, you know, he's been to the Pro Bowl, like he's done all those things. And for him to come back and to believe that we have the defense to do it, to, to believe in our offense and who we have to go out there and make plays, I, mean, I think it's tremendous, man. He's a great captain, great leader. And like I said, he makes our job a lot easier for everybody. Right. And, you know, if we keep winning, we win out, man, everyone gets paid. No doubt about. No it. question. You, hey, I'm glad you said that, my guy. <laughs> Keep winning, went out. Everybody's happy. Everybody gets paid. And speaking of getting paid, uh, you know this is your final year, your rookie deal. Uh, question for you: A lot of people want to know. You know, Steeler fans and just football fans, Juju. What is more important to you when it comes to the business side? You know, being able to reset the wide receiver market or just being in the best situation possible for you to be able to exceed all the expectations you set forth for yourself oh man i'm more so about you know i I would take i'm more so about you know to be in the best you know situation for myself you know and you know and if that means you know staying on the team like i would love that you know i would love to be a pittsburgh Steelers, you know for life 
uh, I would love to be a Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, for life. Um, I've talked to other teammates who, who's on other organization and, and doesn't really work out for them very well, um, just because, you know, they're offering more money. Um, I, I, you know, the grass not, is not always green on the other side, you know. I kind of like where, where I'm at with the grass I'm on. You know, it's very green. Um, you know, I've already established, you know, my brand, myself in this organization. So, I mean, at the end of the day, man, we, we can come up with something where, you know, they'll keep me here and I'll be playing for another four years. Man, that's awesome, man. Well, let's switch gears a little bit, man. We know we see you right now in front of your uh, your, your gamer set. First yeah. of all, what game are you about to play? I mean, that, that uh, looks pretty gnarly with all these. Yo, Pat, I thought like he was me. making some beats. I thought he was yeah, making some I did, too. I thought he was getting <laughs> in, in the studio or something. Yeah, nah, nah, nah. So I'm actually about to play. Uh, I got Fortnite up right now. I play Fortnite, Call of Duty, uh, Fall Guys, Among Us. You know, and I, I actually stream. So I, you guys caught me right before my stream. Uh, uh -oh. So I pretty much will be streaming on Twitch and pretty much, man, I, I love video games. It's what I do in my free time, my off time. Tomorrow's, tomorrow's my off day, so I'll be on here for a good a good amount of hours. <laughs> How many hours you put in? How many hours do you put in on your off day? On my off day, bro, I'll go between like four to six. Wow. Okay. So vibing, do you get a chance to play with – Do you get a chance to play with any fans? Do you let fans know what your, your online name is so they can lock and load with you? Oh, yeah, man, you so, know Juju love the fans, man. You know I love the fans, man. So we do like a swipe up, and I'll, I'll host a lobby. Or I'll host like custom games where fans can come in and play. Um, but it's, re it's really cool, man. Um, I think it's – it's awesome, man. It's just another platform of my brand to put out there besides just being a football player. You know, it's tough no when we're at home and stuff like that. No question. And I like that with, with you being able to market yourself. And speaking of more of your off-the-field achievements, man, when you look at what you've been able to do from the social media world, I mean, I think you you have one of the brightest uh, personalities, you know, one of the friendliest personalities in all of sports in the NFL because people relate to you. Even right. Raven fans like Juju when he's not <laughs> scoring on the Ravens defense. And looking at some of your headlines, Juju, I want you to break this down to me because help me understand how you were able to achieve all this greatness off the field like you're doing on the football field. You got a million YouTube subscribers, right? You got over a million Twitter followers and you got 3.2 million IG followers. Help me understand here on All Things Covered, how did you achieve that? And how can you help me be great and help all things covered be great as well, being able to follow your footsteps? Because this is amazing. Yeah, man. Uh, it's so crazy, bro. I was anti-social media in college. I started my, uh, I think, going into my junior year, I saw my first, you know, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. And I was like, man, because I was more so like Marcus Mariota, you know, so if I don't put nothing out there, they can't really give me for anything, you know, unless it's mm. in person, somebody see me do something bad. But more story, I was like, man, I see this as a positive. You know, I want to be a role model for so many kids out there. You know, I'm young. Um, I do pretty much everything that, you know, other NFL players don't do. You know, a lot of NFL players, you do play video games, but not a lot of NFL players do not stream. They do not show their face. They do not let them know that they play video games, you know. So for me, my brand, you know, we, we wear helmets, you know, about 80, 90 percent of the time, you know, mm -hmm. when we're on the field. And when we're off the field, you know, People would love to see your face, your personality, and it's hard for us to show that. I think basketball players, they get all the followers, soccer, golf, pretty much everyone who can show their face, they get all the love. Where for football players, you know, we're wearing helmets, we're wearing visors, you really can't see our face. Every time we score, you really can't see us unless you put a name to a jersey or a number to a jersey. So for myself, how I see it is that I get every opportunity to go out there and to expand my brand you know i love i love working with meat undies i love working with brands that i i love to use pizza hut pepsi 
uh, Oakley, HyperX, HyperRise, Adidas. And these are, I'm putting myself out there because, you know, I want to be another, something else besides football. So when football is done, you know, I have YouTube, I have Twitch, I have so many different platforms where I can expand my brand and show people, hey, this is the real juju, this is authentic, and this is what you're going to get. So with you building on your brand and having a lot of downtime doing the COVID, do you think that helped enhance, you know, your your thought process on some of the things you wanted to attack in the future or, you know, something some of the things you wanted to uh, uh, you're trying to achieve right now in, in, in a certain brand or a certain company? Yeah, man. So I started my own my own gaming company called Team Diverge. Um, in it, something that I love, you know, I love video games. So why not just, you know, invest into something like that that I love? So I did that this off season where uh, I'm still in the works of like, you know, letting people know like I have a team. Team Diverge is my game company where I we go out, we compete in, in tournaments, video games. You know, we have a house, pretty much the whole shebang with other another org. You know, um, so that's pretty cool. And then also um, attacking stuff for long term. You know. Um, and and I, I tell everybody now, man, you got to do it when you're hot. You know, you can't do it right. when you're after the game, when you're, you know, sit back, lay back on the couch and you like an old sack because, you know, you're done <laughs> playing football. Now right. you got to do it now when you hot, when the eyes are on you. And that's when people love you. So um, that's how I see it, man. And like I said, constantly just posting, you know, stuff that people love to see all the time. Uh, man, you have uh, something in common, um, Juju. We, um we we support the same company, Hyper Ice, and I I, I heard you mm-hmm. um, um, mention um, Hyper Ice. Uh, obviously, I know that you're an ambassador. Or did you have an opportunity to get in on the business side? Obviously, I know that you you have your own company, and, and I, I know you're a very smart young man, and I know you're in some investments as well. Were you able to get in on that side as well? Yeah, yeah, I got, I got yeah, I got a lot a lot of stocks, man, a lot of stocks, a lot nice. of business stocks. So it's really cool, man. I think they're good people's. Um, they they always looked out for me uh, since since day one. So it's it's a good family, man. I'm glad glad to know you're you're uh, part of that too, man. That's cool. And it's, and it's all it's awesome to see that Hyper Ice uh, logo on the court on that NBA court. <laughs> oh yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Matt. We're gonna go ahead and switch to the end of the zone portion of the show. All things covered, Juju. And each week, listeners and viewers, we will have a this segment in the zone segment, and we're talking about. Uh, the moment in your career where you were most in the zone. Last week, we had Tyron Matthew on the show, and his in-the-zone moment actually happened in high school where he had a, just a crazy game stat-wise on the defensive side. So, Juju, when you look at your entire career, high school, collegiately, and professionally, what moment you were most in the zone? Man, I would say that moment for me was uh... – it had, it had to be my rookie year, man. Um, you know, I, I was behind Martavis Bryant and my whole life, you know, as a kid, you know, I've always been on the best of the team. I've always started, you know, I've never had to like, you know, sit on the bench or, you know, for, for no reason, you know, cause I was always like, man, I'm, I'm going to play, you know what I'm saying? So coming into my rookie year, man, I'm, I'm behind AB, I'm behind Martavis, I'm behind like these guys who's just, you know, raw talent, you know, Martavis running a four, three speed at, like six four, six five, ABs doing AB things, and I was like, man, I couldn't even get a starting spot, and it kind of really took a toll on my body because I was like, man, I, you know, usually I play and start. So then uh, Sunday night football, man, uh, Martavius uh, doesn't get, doesn't get the start. Something happens uh, with the team. Coach benches him, and I get my time, I get my shine. And I, I don't, I don't. I, you guys can probably look at the stats, but I know I went for like one ninety six or one ninety two. Um, yards had one touchdown and I would say like that was like in the moment like in the zone because 
as a young rookie, you never know when your time's gonna be called. And I found, right. I just have found out like probably that Friday, Thursday, like, and I was just like, you know, as a rookie, I'm coming here, I'm about to do scouting, I do my thing, I'm gonna get up out of here. But now, you know, <laughs> I, I found out like later that, that Thursday night, and I went out to practice Friday, and I'm playing like Big Ben, and you know, first play, boom, goes to me. And then three plays there, goes to me again. Next thing you know, I'm running for 97 yards down the middle of the field and, you know, scoring. And it's just like, it just goes a long way where I was like, man, if I can go back and replay that in my head, I, I, I really can because I was in the zone. Like, I remember, like, play for play. I remember Ben telling me before, you know, if you get 22 men, take the middle of the field and literally all that. So that, that was my time, my moment. Seven catches, 193, one touchdown. Fantasy owners were jumping for joy. <laughs> Whoever had you in a line yeah. that particular week. What was that chain about? Because I remember, I remember watching that game. I remember you coming to the sideline, putting a chain across your neck or something. Yeah, like that. so that was uh, it's crazy. So I also went viral for my bike being stolen because I didn't have my license. Ah, so that so I locked up my, I went to drive the chain, <laughs> locked up the bike, the treadmill bike on the sideline for locking up my bike. Nobody's taking this, and it was right. funny, man. Like those are little things that you know I was that was dope. that I do. <laughs> I kind of relate it back to something that's happening or what happened or what, you know, something that's always positive in the moment. Yeah, because you just recently got your license, right? Not too long ago, right? Yeah, about a year ago. Wow. What kind of car you got? Uh, I got a a slingshot Tesla and a BMW. Okay, okay. All right. I mean, still only 23, Matt. Don't feel bad. My sister just got her license, too, and she's 23, so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I keep forgetting Juju. Like, Ju- it seems like, yo, real talk, man. It seems like Juju been in the league for about seven, eight years, bro. Right, right. right. Yeah, no, like, doubt. Right. no doubt. I mean, he been putting up heavy film that. for a long time. And as right. Mike Tomlin say, I know he used to say all the time in the meeting room, put hot tape out there. Is he still saying that, Juju? Hot tape. <laughs> all the time. Put hot tape out there. He loved that hot tape <laughs> and <laughs> splash plays. Yeah. I need some splash plays, man. No question, man. That's that's what's up. That's super dope, man. That's super dope. So now we're going to transition out of the red zone, and we're going to get to the supporter sales part of the of the show, right? And this is a, a part where we hit you with random questions, but the answer cannot be yourself, Juju. So we know you handle pressure mm. extremely well. We want to see how you handle pressure here uh, when it comes to these random questions. So first question for you, best touchdown celebration of all time that you even you, you either witnessed in person or you saw on television, but the best touchdown celebration you ever witnessed. Like, for, so not myself, but for other people. Yeah, yeah, I, you can't, you, right. Juju cannot be the answer. Nah, bro, the, uh, I would say, I would say the hand sanitizer by the Saint, uh, by the, oh, uh, that was the Raiders. Dope. That was so that dope. Was dope. I was like, that was so cool, man. When I saw that, I was like, nah, I respect that. <laughs> I got you. That was the best best dancer on the Steelers roster. Uh, oh, my gosh. You can't say yourself. <laughs> Ain't nobody else dancing. Somebody you else dancing. It could be it could be a big lineman. Somebody trying to dance. They might not have good rhythm. But- <laughs> oh, I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm going I'm to, no, nah, I'm going to say Eric Ebron. Yeah, he I got a little swag? Like, he like to get down. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Y'all boys had a nice celebration this past weekend too, uh, against the Texans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He liked that. Yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, man, listen. When you score this weekend, because I'm gonna just throw that out in the universe that you're gonna score. Give us something, like, like, like give us something, man. Let us know that it's, you're talking to all things Curry. You're talking to Pat P and B Mac <laughs> when you get in the end zone, man. Give us a little something. Can you do that for us? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, not for sure. Pappy, I'm not see the undercover man. I don't know. I, I might. I don't know. We'll see something, man. I, I think it's something. 
you, you got enough time. You got all week to prepare. If y'all need to you rehearse it, uh, during, during uh, Situational Thursday, I know y'all still doing <laughs> Situational Thursdays. Yeah, uh, out there on the South Side, man. Just, yeah, give us something, man, and make sure you let it know, man. That's for all things covered. Pat, P, and B, Mac. Who is the best gamer right in the league right now? Who is the best gamer? Mm, right now? Yeah. Can't be. You can't say yourself. Uh, when we talking about Fortnite, I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say Mike Evans is up there. Oh, Mike Evans got up, some game. Up, yep. If you talk about Call of Duty, I'm gonna say Stephon Diggs. Those two guys I play with who are pretty, really, really good. Mm. Do you do you ever um real quick question to follow that up? Do you think esports will ever be as big as football here uh, domestically? Mm, nah, man. Football, football, bro. You understand, man? Football. Yeah, it, it's only like six months of it, and it's the most viewed sports all around the world. So. Video games all the time, you know, that's something that's, that's like all the time. You know, people, when people are talking about, man, we might not have football. People go crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, I hope so, it, I hope it, I hope it does a nice little, a little hit because I got some stock in esports. So that'd be great for me. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. <laughs> got you. I'm going to stream more. <laughs> Let's keep it going. Uh, the toughest cornerback matchup in your career. <sighs> and it could be high school. Nah, I, I'm not, nobody in high school, nobody like that. I would say this. Year, I would say I would say Marlon Humphrey, man. Marlon Humphrey, yeah. Marlon yeah. Humphrey do have I played. Clients. I played against Gilmore. Uh, you know, I feel like I should have more opportunities against him. You know, I played against you know Ramsey, and and I really didn't see them. I think I think Marlon Humphrey is like the only. He's like a, he's like a Tillman. He he he's ball searching all the time. He, Right. And that's and that's something that I, I've noticed. Right? That's his game. That's what he loves to do. So, right. um, now I'll say I would say him. Uh, uh, what is the toughest loss of your career? Man, against the Saints, man, I, I I came down. You know, I ran like a shallow. Uh, it was like a one step slam. I caught it, and like the, the weirdest like fumble that can happen. The dude mm. D line and tackle me. Ball came out, and it's just like we're right there about to score. It, man, it's it's tough, man. Man, I listen, Drew. I remember it like it was yesterday. You don't have to talk about that. You know, I, I remember it like it was yesterday. That's a tough loss for me too. Yeah, you, you man. left it all. You left it all on the line, and unfortunately, you know that's sometimes that's how the ball drops a little bit. But you you bounce back tremendously. All right, last one before we let you go, Juju. Best Snoop Dogg song. Oh, I got. I want. I'm ready for this one. Don't. I'm ready for this one, man. Snoop, coach you up, Juju. So we, let's hear what you got. I know you heard all the hits. Nah, man, I'm old school, man. I'm dropping like it's hot, man. <laughs> That's what you're going with? Yeah, I'm man. Like, bro, I don't, man, like, my boy Snoop, man, like, he's he just, like, a real dude, man. Like, even in practice, like, he lit, he hold, coaches lit, everybody, <laughs> we just out there balling. Hey, give give us your up. favorite uh, Snoop story as a as a youngster when you was out there on the youth field with Snoop Dogg, man. What was that? Like, give us your favorite Snoop Dogg story. So we was uh we was we was out in Florida, right? And uh, no, we was in we was in Texas. We were playing against Deion Sanders team, right? Yep. And like he was like, man, like, man, you, I, I'm gonna call you ESPN because you always on ESPN. And I was like, okay, like, and I rock with that all the time. And it's just like I'm ESPN. And uh, <laughs> this how Snoop is, man. Like, just, like off the record, he just be high when he be talk coaching us, like. <laughs> that's not that's no surprise (laughs) no question no question man we little kids man we do hot and then you understand like we little kids we just like all right coach like really can't take it serious like it's snoop dog like we really look at him like 
as a coach too, but was really always like having fun. Coaches, everybody high too, but we <laughs> the whole staff. <laughs> what the whole staff is lit. But we win in game. We blowing people out the waters. Wow. <laughs> hey, yo, I remember Snoop. Like, Snoop brought well, Juju. I think you were in the league ooh, at the time. Snoop yeah. brought, brought a team mm-hmm. down to Florida, and and it didn't look good. He came down to the Sunshine State, man, and that thing, boy, they got curb stumped real decent. <laughs> yeah, they, they was they was like that. I'm not gonna lie, they was like that. I, I give them that. They had some dudes on their team, like, but we we were so on our team, but we went down to Florida. We had like all skill players, bro. Like we had like we had like skill players playing O line, D line. It was just like, but we, you know, it is what it is. Did you play with any other youth kids that made it to the National Football League, like yourself? Bro, out of that team, bro, nah, man. A lot of those dudes, man, just went either, you know, they went the wrong route, you know. Yeah. You know, drugs, jail, prison, you know, gang stuff. And, you know, I, I was fortunate. You know, my parents, they just kept me out of that, so. No doubt, no doubt. Well, man, listen, man, Juju, we don't want to hold you up, man, but it was a pleasure speaking with you. Uh, Man, you're outstanding individual. Like I said, we know what type of player you are on the football field, but no you, you, you're doing a lot more that a lot of people didn't know about. And we appreciate you sharing that here on All Things Covered on our second episode, man. And before we let you go, like we said, Pat, we, we're looking for Juju to give us something when he scored his touchdown on that post Easy. route, maybe 60-yard post route. When he get yeah. in that end zone, we we, we we got to see something from you, Juju. So you get the guys together, Deontay, Eric, uh, uh, Chase. Man, get these guys together, man. Give us a nice little celebration when you get in the end zone. Yeah, man. <laughs> just, just stay tuned, man. And I appreciate y'all too, man. But, you know, something I was thinking of when I score, I'm going to put the ball down and I'm going to get my towel. And I'm gonna say all things cover. And then walk hey, mic drop. I'm gonna say mic drop. I'm gonna say it when they hear it. Anyway, they're gonna hear me say it. So hopefully we work with that. Bet, bet, bet. And, Appreciate we, and you, what bet. we gonna and what we gonna do when you do that? That's gonna be all, our, always our intro to our show, man. All things. Ah, uh, for sure, man. bet. Appreciate that, man. Thank Appreciate you so it, man. much. Be safe, yes sir. Yes sir. Yo, Pat, man, we back, man. But what were your biggest takeaways from Juju's conversation? Man, the biggest takeaway from Juju's conversation, I did not know that he was rated higher as a defensive player than he was as a receiver. Yeah, that was uh, to me, that was very uh, interesting. No question. He's he's an interesting guy. Um, And also to hearing that and then hearing his love and support for Sam Darnold, he basically kind of sent out a a, a slight invitation to Sam Darnold, man, to join the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, clearly that won't happen as long as Big Ben is still in uniform and want to play. But, you know, who knows what the future could hold and and could see a Sam Darnold sighting at some point in time in the next few years in Pittsburgh if things don't go right um, with him in New York. And right now. They're not going right in New York. Nah, don't look don't 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 look too good right now for um Adam Gates in the game. No question, especially Adam <laughs> Gates. But yeah, Juju's a very, very interesting guy, man. And he and I can tell you this much though, Pat, I really hope he gets an opportunity to score a touchdown because he he right. promised us, right? He gave he us his word. He's he gonna did. do something special for the show, all things covered. Man, I I I really hope so that he get in that end zone as well because uh before what we play this week. Oh, actually, I won't be able to see it because we play on the East Coast. If we was playing on the West Coast, you know, we'd be able to check out those East Coast games before. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, y'all one o'clock there, one o'clock. But don't yeah. worry. He probably you. If, hey. if he's able to do it, you see the highlight. CBS gonna get it for us. Yeah, no. You know what, Pat? <laughs> Listen, yo, no question. CBS gonna get it for us. But heck, when you get that pick six, sure, you can give us a little mm. something too, right? Mm, I can. I can. Yeah. Man, you know, Mac. 
No, I don't really do this. I'm not like Juju, though. I don't really be doing that dance. I know, I know let, you ain't really be dancing, man. Let me think of something. Yeah, you got to think of something show-related. Think of something show-related. I got to think. That, that'd be great for fans to shoot out some questions about what they would like Pat P to do. I like that for next week. You know it'll be for next week. After this pick six that he gets this upcoming week against the Panthers. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Well, we're at the end of the show. I want to thank everybody for listening to our second All Things Covered podcast. If you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe and follow and leave five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. We'll be back with you next Tuesday where you can expect all things will be covered. Peace. Peace.